You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. Lysica the Fox The late summer moon hung full in the sky, a radiant pearl in the dusky blanket of night. This moon shone down over the green country, its silvery light stretching far across the land. Sleeping villages, rolling forested hills, silent lakes, and quiet streams. The moon glow touched all of these with its luminous fingers. While most of the world slept, there were a scant few denizens of the countryside who moved about in this twilight world. One such night wanderer stood atop a high knoll, in a clearing where the tall blonde grasses reached far above her knees. The fox woman was still, and she surveyed the land and sky before her with keen yet calm eyes. Traces of wind rippled through the dry grasses that surrounded, whispering secrets in a tongue as old as the land. Her gaze drifted up to the blue-black vault of the sky where numerous distant stars shone. She would have to wait only a little while longer now. This night was well suited to her plans. She was dressed in a long moss-green cloak of thick felt that blocked the slight wind. It was fastened about her neck with a tarnished brass pin adorned with an artful motif of stars and ivy, intertwined in a garland. Her clothing was simple and well-made, with modest touches of ornament and decoration here and there. In her hand, she clutched a tall staff of dark wood, its top curled into a spiral, a whirlwind frozen in time. She felt the coolness of grass and earth beneath the pads of her bare feet. Her bearing was alert yet relaxed. She had walked for several hours to reach this place. It was far away from the den of her kin, and much further from any folk not of the people of the fox. Best to conduct these matters at a safe distance, and better yet to do so in the privacy of the night. She eyed the moon thoughtfully as it traced its track higher yet into the dark heavens. Satisfied by its position, she extended the staff at full arm's length and set it solidly into the earth. Her eyes drifted closed, and she upturned the palm of her free hand and extended that as if to cup the moon in her palm. A low vocalization began to build in her throat a sonorous tone without words. It grew in volume until it filled the night air. As she sung her howling song, the moonlight pooled in her outstretched hand, gathering and growing ever more luminous. 
She sang louder now, until her fingers were overrun with pale, coalescing light, and it fell, drifting to the earth, only to dissipate like warm breath on a cold morning. Then she fell silent, and the landscape echoed back to her no sounds. The night had grown quiet in deference to her singular song. She took the staff in both hands now, and the light in her palm drifted up its length to swirl in a slow vortex within that wooden spiral. Eyes still closed, she lifted it high, and then plunged it down into the earth, speaking a single word in the old fox tongue. The night was still for a moment, and then a gentle breeze blew, carrying on it the first cold promises of fall. Then in the air before her a widening ring of moonlight began to spread, opening to reveal an area of darkness deeper than the night around her. Her brow furrowed in concentration, yet she did not raise her eyes to wonder at the growing portal before her. The gateway had grown to a circle that now stood taller than her, and the space inside it was inky and black. She opened her eyes, pleased with the efficacy of her casting. From the folds of her cloak she drew something forth, a dark bundle, which she looked down at and considered for a moment. It had traveled a long way to reach her, through many trusted hands. It was from Orkstadt, a gruffling whose lands were far, far away from the domain of her kin. They had not seen one another for many years, yet he had been confident she would know what to do with the cursed dagger that lay swathed within the parcel she now held. A poor cloud skin had nearly been corrupted by the vile weapon. The baleful force within it had driven the woman on a quest to end the life of Queen Alyssa Lannan. Thankfully, this sinister bewitchment had failed. The foxwoman thought on this, the weapon heavy in her palm, and could feel its malevolent will seeping forth even now. Perhaps it was some remnant curse placed on the Lannan tribe by the Archibasts millennia ago, after they were unseated from rule. It's true, there were tales of such a hex. Or perhaps this vile working was wrought by one who still walked and breathed as she did. The thought disturbed her, and she shook her head as if to dismiss that troublesome possibility for a later time. With a decisive movement, she cast the bundle into the void of blackness before her, where it disappeared with a hiss and a crackle. Satisfied that she had disposed of the cruel object, she hefted her staff skyward once more, ready to seal the door to that dark dimension. Yet from that very darkness a shuffling sound could be heard, moving quickly towards her. Her hackles raised and her body tensed. Her eyes squinted into the darkness as she directed her staff voidward and began the ritual of closing. Her mentor, Miss Starla, had rarely spoken of those things that dwelled within the dark unknown. She had doubted their existence, in fact. Yet, something was coming. Standing before the dark gate, the fox woman worked her staff in a spiral, drawing it closed as quickly as she could manage. Rivulets of force rippled off of her with electric ferocity as she concentrated her power and intention to close the void. The sound of movement grew more rapid. 
The creature could only be a short distance away now. The glittering edges of the void were drawing in, and the opening was now only several feet in diameter. With a grand flourish, the sorceress of the House of the Fox swung her staff in a wide, sweeping ring, and her fangs flashed in the moonlight as she cried out the word of sealing. But too late. Just as the portal snapped closed and out of existence, something hurtled through, small and twisting wildly about. Time seemed to slow as the creature flew past her, and she could make out a small, striped reptilian form. She whirled round and drew forth a slender, curved dagger from the folds of her cloak. Whatever the intent of this otherworldly interloper, she would be ready. The creature lay in a dark heap amid the grasses and stirred only a little. She edged closer, knife held in front of her. From her vantage, she could make out a biped form from which sprouted a large, striped tail. The thing wore no shirt, but short, threadbare pants covered its lower half. She had never before seen such a creature, nor heard one described. "'Who are you?' she growled through clenched teeth. The lizard-like figure lay still a moment, then, in a movement as swift as a blink, leapt to its feet, using its thick tail to support its balance." The creature stood just over half her height, and it stared at her with angry, piercing eyes. A gravelly growl rattled from the depths of its throat, and its lips parted slightly, revealing a set of large, sharp fangs. The fox sorceress felt her heart beating hard in her chest, and she took a slow breath, calling a strength of calm into her being. Fear. Incredible Immense fear. That is what she had smelled and tasted when she drew in her quieting breath. She looked hard at the little reptile, setting aside her own panic and finding distance from the apparent danger of the situation. It had not been clear at first glance, but now as she took in the creature's form with a discerning eye, she thought that it must still be somewhat young. It was squat and strong, with skin the color of dusty jade. Wide, alert, orange eyes gazed back at her, their pupils thin, black, vertical lines cut into amber. Slowly, she raised her knife hand so it was clearly visible, and then deliberately returned the blade to the folds of her cloak. She showed her open palm, and her face softened, To disarm herself was a risk that she hoped would pay off. The lizard person's lips closed, once more hiding its fearsome maw, but still, it stood poised as if expecting an attack. Lysica, she said, and pressed a hand to her breast. The creature cocked its head, still gazing at her. Lysica, Lysica is my name and she repeated the action. If the reptile understood, it conveyed no sign of this, though its striped tail flicked gently. Lysica could see that it was thinking, weighing its options, looking for a way out. The predator in her noticed the tenseness in its body, 
and how its eyes flicked left and right, and she knew that at any moment it might flee. She could not allow a creature that had crossed over from the plain of the void to escape, unchecked into her lands, both for the safety of her people and for the good of this misplaced soul. Very slowly she laid her staff on the grassy earth and then came to sit down beside it, her wide red tail tucked around her. Her movement had taken the reptile by surprise, and the fierceness of its expression was replaced with one of deep consideration. Very deliberately she opened a pouch that hung from her belt and took from it several strips of dried meat. Rabbit jerky was a favorite traveling food of the fox people. She took a piece to her lips and slowly began to chew. The little reptile's eyes had widened, and even at this distance she could see its large nostrils twitching as it scented her meal. Still chewing, she held out the other strip of rabbit, extending her arm in front of her, and nodded towards the creature. She knew well the look that now filled its eyes. It was hungry, nearly starving, perhaps. It crept forward, ever cautious, to snatch the meat from her hand, but only retreated several paces before it could not help but fall upon its meal. The strip of rabbit protruded from the side of Lysica's mouth, and she drew forth another from her pouch, once more offering it to the stranger. The lizard had already finished its first piece, and again it sidled up to her, snapping up the strip of meat with a deft claw. It retreated quickly to gobble down the food, though this time not as far. How long has it been since this creature ate, she wondered. They repeated this dance several more times, until eventually, to Lysica's satisfaction, the creature sat down, though some distance from her. Eventually, they had both finished chewing, and a silence settled over them. The creature regarded her warily, as if trying to decide something. Then it opened its wide mouth and let out a cawing sound that was all but incomprehensible to Lysica. Not knowing how to respond, she did her best to repeat the strange proclamation of her dinner partner, without much luck. It let out another noise that sounded suspiciously like a laugh, and the corners of its wide mouth lifted a bit in a slight smile. The heavy smell of fear which had followed it from that other realm had all but dissipated in the night breeze. Lysica got to her feet and once more gestured to herself. Lysica. She held out a hand, gesturing for the creature to follow. It stood but hesitated. I won't hurt you. It was certain her words had not been understood, but as she saw the lizard person take a step forward, she knew their meaning had been communicated. Inwardly, Lysica sighed. Home in her cozy den, a bottle of spiced Crandune blood wine awaited her, along with a flank of tender venison, not to mention her bed of fresh, soft pine needles and clover. These comforts would have to wait, and she resigned herself to this fact. She could not bring this outsider into the settlements of her people without risking great upset, or perhaps even violence. 
Luckily, she knew another moon witch like herself who might know more about who this wayward reptile was and how they might find their way home. The little lizard person stepped forward and the two set off, heading down the side of the hill. The little lizard person stepped forward and the two set off, heading down the side of the hill. The moon was high in the sky, and the night was alive with cool wind and the gentle throbbing of cricket song. She cast a quick glance at her new companion and found a look of wonder on its face as it took in the world around it. Wherever it had come from, the simple pleasure of a night stroll had been a distant possibility. They walked on, lizard tail and fox tail, swishing gently in the high grass as they passed. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening.